kind, strong, and empathetic. That's how those who loved and continue to love Charlene Murphy describe her. In photographs, you can almost feel the warmth radiating from her smile. As a born-again Christian, she was devoted to her faith. She loved and embraced everyone she met, but Charlene was especially fond of her grandchildren, who she saw as the light of her life. In fact, she had seven grandkids and six great-grandkids. One of these grandchildren remembered her as the quintessential Southern matriarch, a sweet but sassy woman. And Sam, her husband of nearly 60 years, he remembers Charlene as a good person, a real sweet girl, who was as good to him as she could be. In her free time, when she wasn't at church or at a church activity, Charlene enjoyed going to garage sales, sorting through items to find a treasure and to snag a great deal. Charlene Murphy was born and raised in Gallatin, Tennessee. There, she raised two sons with Sam, who was her teenage sweetheart. She stayed in this Nashville suburb until her death in 2017 at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. The hospital, which is the largest in Nashville, is highly esteemed. Among its faculty, both past and present, are pioneers of open-heart surgery and vaccine productions. Some have even won Nobel Prizes. So, it was a no-brainer for Charlene to check into this facility after she complained of headaches and vision problems. It turned out Charlene had suffered a subdural hematoma, where blood accumulates in between the skull and the brain. Subdural hematomas are among the deadliest of all head injuries, especially if the patient is older, like Charlene was. In older adults, a minor head injury can trigger bleeding that's smaller and slower. Ultimately, this means it can go unnoticed for days or even weeks. But on December 26, 2017, two days after checking in, Charlene's condition had improved significantly. She was almost ready to leave the hospital. Among other things, she just had to do one more scan in the radiology department. For this procedure, Charlene was supposed to be given a sedative called Versed to help with her claustrophobia. Versed is a benzodiazepine, a depressant that slows down brain activity. However, instead of Versed, Charlene was given Vecuronium an extremely powerful paralytic drug. Vecuronium acts as a neuromuscular blocking agent. It paralyzes skeletal muscles by stopping nerve impulse transmission. As a result of this error, Charlene Murphy was left brain dead. Her family eventually decided to take her off life support. She died three days after being admitted to the hospital on December 27, 2017. She was 75 years old. Her husband Sam recalled that, quote, they said she was not going to get no better, so I did it. I had to do it. I couldn't keep her like that, end quote. While the Murphy family grieved their loss, one woman panicked, Redonda Vaught. As the nurse who administered the fatal dose of Vecuronium, she knew she had made a grave mistake, one she reported as soon as the realization washed over her. On February 4th, 2019, months after receiving an anonymous tip and over a year since the death of Charlene Murphy, Authorities charged Redonda Vaught with reckless homicide and impaired adult abuse. Although Vanderbilt Hospital executives had reached a settlement with the Murphy family a year earlier, they admitted Charlene's death was not reported to state regulators as required by law and that the hospital's response was, quote, too limited. On the day of Charlene's death, December 27, 2017, the Davidson County Medical Examiner found her death to be natural but they later changed their ruling to accidental. In fact, when reporting Charlene's death to the coroner, Vanderbilt did not mention the medication mix-up. 
Later, it was found that Vanderbilt officials delayed and interfered with an investigation into the hospital. Alan Murphy, Charlene's grandson, said the findings reflected, quote, a cover-up. That's what it screams. They didn't want this to be known, so they didn't let it be known, end quote. Here's Chandra Murphy, Charlene's daughter-in-law, in an interview with NBC affiliate WSMV. If they'd been honest from the beginning, it would be easier to accept, but there's been so many lies, so many different stories. The Tennessee Board of Licensing Healthcare Facilities ended up taking no disciplinary action against Vanderbilt. During her trial, Vought's attorney would insist that Vanderbilt shared blame in Charlene's death. The pandemic delayed court proceedings, but in the meantime, the Tennessee Board of Nursing had reneged on their previous decision not to pursue professional discipline against Redonda Vaught. Now, in addition to her criminal charges of reckless homicide and impaired elder abuse, the Tennessee Department of Health charged her with unprofessional conduct, abandoning or neglecting a patient that needed care, and failing to maintain an accurate patient record. Vaught testified before the Tennessee Board of Nursing on July 22, 2021. This is how events unfolded, according to that testimony. CM was in radiology to have a scan and that she needed a medication for anxiety. I went to the AccuDose machine to look for the medication that he said had been ordered for her, and I couldn't find it under her listed medications. For context, the AccuDose RX looks like a computer stacked on top of a device resembling an upright washing machine with lots of drawers. The Acutos RX not only dispenses medicine from its cabinets, but also meticulously tracks these dispenses. She admits that after typing in the first two letters, VE, um, I didn't think to double check what I thought I had pulled from the machine. Um, I used the override function. I don't recall ever seeing any warnings that showed up on the monitor. He asked if this was the medication that I had given Miss Murphy, and I looked at the bag, or I'm sorry, CM. I looked at the bag and I confirmed that it was, um, and that's when he said it's not for said, it's vecuronium. Fod admitted that it was, quote, completely her fault. She did not double check the medication, but also pointed out Vanderbilt's flawed procedures. Fod and her attorney spoke of communication issues between health records, medicine cabinets, and pharmacies which led to delays in accessing medications. Instead of remedying this, Vanderbilt allegedly instructed healthcare providers to override the safeguards on cabinets so that they could access medicine quickly. Vaught testified that, as a result, overriding was a daily practice. In her words, even a bag of fluids had to be obtained with this override function. Despite her best efforts, though, Vaught's nursing license was eventually revoked. Ahead of Rodonovat's criminal trial, which began on March 21, 2022, the Murphy family expressed sympathy towards her. Here's Charlene's daughter-in-law, Chandra. And if pressing charges would bring her back, absolutely, we would do it. But pressing charges won't bring her back. Fought pleaded not guilty to all charges. Dozens of nurses showed up to the courtroom to demonstrate their support for her, who they believe could have easily been them. On Vaught's GoFundMe, which would go on to raise over $100,000 for her legal defense, she had written, quote, Many feel very strongly that setting the precedent that nurses should be indicted and incarcerated for inadvertent medical errors is dangerous, end quote. 
But after just four hours of deliberation, the jury found Radonovat guilty of impaired adult abuse and of the lesser charge of criminally negligent homicide. She faced up to eight years in prison, but on May 13, 2022, she was sentenced to three years of supervised probation and likely will serve no prison time. After completing her probation, Bot will have her record expunged. Upon hearing her sentence, she broke down in tears. Chandra Murphy commented, quote, We didn't want jail time. We just wanted to make sure she didn't do this to anyone else. End quote. During the trial, prosecutors had argued that Vaught overlooked obvious warnings that she obtained the wrong drug. For instance, the cap on the vial for Vecuronium is bright red. It has these capital block letters that read, Warning, Paralyzing Agent. Do you recall seeing the warning paralytic around the top of the vial? If it was there, I did not acknowledge it. Court records state that Vaught would have needed to look at this label before administering Vecuronium, and she still did. Why? Desensitizing, alarm fatigue, and you get used to certain processes. I'm pretty sure it's a big factor in how a lot of mistakes happen. You get used to a certain thing. You trust what the computer says. You ignore that alarm because you've heard it 10,000 times and it's been you know, false or inappropriate. This explanation resonated with many nurses who took to social media to show their support. For instance, on TikTok, where the hashtag I stand with Redonda has garnered over 55 million views, a nurse named Jen Hamilton was empathetic. Let's talk about the culture that led to this. Because for years, nurses have been given more and more and more to do with less and less and less resources. Hospitals and other organizations cut corners. They cut corners for cost. When hospitals cut corners, what does that teach nurses to do? cut corners. Redonda's intent for that day was to help a patient as quick as she possibly could, and she cut corners. But Redonda was always going to happen. The United States already has 3.9 million nurses and midwives, but even this is not enough to meet healthcare needs. The American Nurses Association says that more registered nurse positions will be available through 2022 than any other job. In fact, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics found that over 275,000 nurses will be needed from 2020 to 2030. So, what's driving this need for more and more nurses? Well, a 2022 report by Lisa Haddad, Pavan Anamaraju, and Tammy Tony Butler sought to answer this question. One possible explanation they offered was an aging population. According to the report, the United States has the highest number of Americans over the age of 65 in history. And, of course, since older patients will often have multiple comorbidities, which is just a fancy way of saying two or more medical conditions are present at the same time, more people will need treatment. But an aging population means nurses are also growing older, too. Since one million registered nurses are older than 50, it's possible that around one-third of nurses could be ready to retire in the next 10 to 15 years. And since older nursing professionals are usually also educators, more nurses will need to be trained with fewer resources. Another factor in the report was nurse burnout, which is especially relevant to our conversation around the death of Charlene Murphy. Dr. Cinda Hilton-Rushton of Johns Hopkins University explains that healthcare workers in general are, quote, struggling to balance the needs of an increased number of patients and mounting pressure to do more with less. And of course, it's not just nurses who will feel the effects of burnout. 
patients could potentially, as Dr. Rushton puts it, experience serious consequences. According to the American Journal of Respiratory Critical Care Medicine, nurse burnout can lead to lower patient satisfaction ratings, a higher risk of patient infections, and a 7% increased patient mortality rate. Nurse burnout is further amplified by an increased number of patients, long shifts, and more stressful specialties, like in the ICU or the emergency department. Of course, the coronavirus only exacerbated these problems. In a 2021 survey of 6,500 critical care nurses, 76% of respondents reported they were threatened by unvaccinated patients, while 66% of nurses considered leaving their positions altogether because of their experiences during the pandemic. Hospitals also paid an additional $24 billion during the pandemic in order to mitigate an already critical staffing shortage. Now, this is a good time to talk about travel nurses, who first became widely used in the 1980s during fluctuations in the number of patients, like during flu outbreaks. And obviously, in the last couple of years, the pandemic has caused patient volumes to skyrocket. As a result, the rates for travel nurses have also ballooned. In general, travel nurses earn more than full-time nurses, since they're expected to be familiar with multiple specialties and they do not have the job security or benefits of full-time employment. One Pittsburgh hospital paid $85 an hour for travel nurses pre-pandemic, but now they're offering upwards of $250 an hour, so it's not surprising that many full-time nurses are now traveling instead. However, instead of switching positions, some nurses turned to unions and strikes. Take, for instance, the nearly 5,000 nurses at Stanford hospitals who just recently ended a week-long strike and reached a tentative agreement for new contracts that address things like staffing, wage increases, and an extra week of vacation time. And on May 12th in Washington, D.C., nurses protested on the National Mall to call for better working conditions and to honor their fellow healthcare workers who died during the pandemic. Nurses were also protesting outside the courtroom during Radonovat's trial and sentencing, wearing shirts that read, hashtag I am Redonda. When her sentence was read, they cheered and embraced one another. They'd spent hours in the sun, some traveling from out of state to reach this Nashville courtroom. They also honored a moment of silence for Charlene Murphy. So to say this case is nuanced is an understatement. If we don't hold each other accountable to our standards of practice, then those standards mean nothing. That's YouTuber Nurse Scott, who has nearly 30 years of experience as a registered nurse. His videos gained popularity after being quoted by Kaiser Health News and NPR. I'm disappointed that the loudest voices right now are spreading panic and fear with talk of going to jail for a simple med error. In each of their statements, the American Nurses Association the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, and the National Medical Association had referred to Radonovat's conviction as a dangerous precedent. Now, do I think Redonda should have been charged with murder? Not really. But I can't say the charges were unfounded. We nurses have control over how this case affects our profession, the healthcare systems, and our relationship to the public. Part of Charlene Murphy's death is a mistake. The nurse responsible for this mistake admits as much, but forgiving this error is not so straightforward. Were Radonna Vaught's actions an inevitable result of a weakening healthcare system, or were they a disgraceful outlier among the high standards of nursing? The 
courts have taken a stance, and so have many of her colleagues in the nursing profession. Amber Wyatt, vice chairwoman of the Tennessee Board of Nursing, had this to say, quote, Every one of us makes mistakes. None of us are perfect. But mistakes were made, and mistakes have consequences. And when we admit that we've done something wrong, it does not dismiss what's happened. End quote. What about the Murphy family? How do they feel? In the media frenzy of this trial of the century for nurses, their loss has been nearly blindsided. During her sentencing, Radonna Vaught had spoken to the Murphy family. Quote, I'll be forever haunted by my role in her untimely passing. She did not deserve that. End quote. Vaught also apologized that they had to, quote, live this over and over because of the public outpouring of support for her. The Murphy family still misses Charlene, the woman whose sympathy would not have ended with Redonda Vaught. In fact, they know in their hearts that Charlene would have forgiven her. Mom was a forgiven type person. Mom would have for forgiven her for it. We just want closure. We want closure. We're hoping that the nurse's family has peace. Her death sparked nationwide debate. But ultimately, no matter what happens to other healthcare workers who make a mistake, Charlene Murphy's gentleness will be her legacy. Her compassion reminds me of the famous Alexander Pope quote, To err is human, to forgive, divine. I'm Joyce Chi with KCSB News. Thanks for tuning in. Today's music is Land H by Jazar. Special thanks to WSMV, Kaiser Health News, Jen Hamilton on TikTok, and Nurse Scott on YouTube.